Breakfast puppies? This podcast contains adult language and content and is meant for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The Glitter Boys! You know, I, I recognize that, Matthew. I recognize that. That's... Uh... Yeah. Oh, that show! Yeah, that that show you like. It's one of them, uh, one of them Japanimations or something like that. Yeah, one of the one of them one of them cartoons. Okay, we're talking about Robotech again. Finally, finally, it's it's a it's a it's something that I love, but it's something that Matthew really really loves. Really, 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 really. <laughs> this is this is kind of a these are bittersweet for me because I know that. Palladium had the license, the license expired the first time, then got a license again for tactics and tactics happened. And now Robotech is going through a resurgence and it's not with Palladium anymore. And that makes me very sad because I think, man, I think they did a damn fine job with the RPG. Yeah. A, A damn fine job. Yeah. I mean, I'm not as well versed in Robotech, so I can't really comment on it, but you know, as fortune would have it, that's kind of the point of this episode. I'm not super well versed in Robotech. I remember the original series, and I've kind mm. of looked over some of the game books, and I, I actually own the new Robotech RPG. I think I gave you a copy of it too. It, it, it seems neat. It seems cool. But gaming aside, lore wise, I understand that there are different eras of Robotech that I know very little about. Robotech is, in in its base form, I'll give you the brief mashup that I'm sure you've probably already read somewhere, but it was, it's three different properties that were mashed together to create one long history of Earth. Uh, There's Genesis Climber, which was the third one. Uh, I forget what Southern Cross was because Southern Cross and Macross, which is the one that really matters. There are three distinct eras, three distinct episodes. There are some carryover. Um, do you want to go with this at the cartoon or the role playing or the books? There's there's many ways to approach this. I think that what we try to do is talk about the games, of course. But okay. I like to think that we do a good focus of also leaning on the setting and talking about inspirations. Robotech yeah. is one that I would love to play more of. I don't think I could ever run Robotech, but. Dear listener, if you know anybody who's good at running Robotech or Matthew, if you want to run Robotech. Anyway, I would love to play in a Robotech game. Honestly, I would love to play in a Robotech game that Matthew was also playing in. <laughs> but So anyway, what I'm getting at here is I think we should kind of do a mix of both. Like talk about mm, how it okay. is in the game, but let's not shy away from the series. Because I remember from the last time we talked, you said that a lot of the, the Robotech stuff from the Macross era is post-series post end of the original Robotech. So certain people are dead kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But we shouldn't shy away from that. You know, I want to, I think it's important for people who want to find inspiration to know, even if it's not in the game, how can they find inspiration from that stuff? Well, it, it is all here. All the era of the cartoons and books have, have a palladium game. Um, you have, 
uh, Robotech, the role-playing game, which is, uh, in essence, the Macross saga. And then you have three or four ancillary things like uh, Ghost Ship, uh, which is an adventure, and the REF you know, field manual for the third one. There's, there's, there's a lot of ancillary, but we're, we're, we're going to talk about, I'm going to say, we're going to talk about five books today from the RPG. We're going to talk about Robotech, the role-playing game, the Robotech RPG book four, Southern Cross, which is the next series. Uh, if you're like reading the cartoons or uh, reading the cartoons, watching the cartoons or reading the books. I mean, if you're watching them in Japanese or reading them. That's true. And then there's the uh, book five, which is the Invid Invasion, which is the third part. Now, the fourth part uh, was written after the original cartoons, and I don't believe ever really made it to cartoons. They they never made it cartoons. It was it was done at, in comic book form, and that is the Sentinels. That's the adventures of Rick Hunter in the Stars. I think Sentinels uh, made basically. a cartoon. Yeah, I could be wrong. I could have sworn I, I've seen it. I don't think it's in America. There may have been something in Japan. Yeah. And that's the one with the that that actually follows the original one, right? With like older Rick and them. Kind of. If yeah. you saw bear people and people made of crystal, then yeah, that's the sentence. But, but I remember, wasn't it like older Rick Hunter and Lisa, like actually Old, being characters in it? That may have been book five that we're going to talk about which is the shadow chronicles it okay, could have been yeah i know so well. uh, because there, there there is a fantastic cartoon about the shadow chronicles okay done as done as a movie so you have these these five distinct eras uh there is carryover uh basically rick lisa to a certain degree min may and the the scions of max sterling and miria perino make it through this also briefly uh roy foker's love interest claudia uh claudia her son appears quite heavily in southern cross bowie grant now claudia if refresh my memory she was on the bridge right yeah when it happened but but not one of the bridge bunnies but but when it happened so she has oh no when the s when the sdf1 went up yeah. yeah okay she she say she and uh Gloval saved lisa Okay, so what era would that be? That's that's the very end of uh, the first series. And that's so the that, first that's book you Macross. Got. Yeah, that's that's Robotech the role playing game. That beautiful cover that Matthew's been fawning over <laughs> since he was a child, <laughs> where they're where they're literally fighting on the rings of Saturn because you know they're Veritex and they can do that kind of shit. So, what's a general summation that you, if you could encapsulate the theme of the first era in three sentences or less? How would you do it? We're outnumbered and outgunned. We are in a lot of trouble. And then I'm going to copy from Farscape for my third one. But humans are superior. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is all, all of these are apocalypses. Humanity does not do well in any of these. I remember you saying something about them glassing the planet. Yeah. yeah. Five billion warships showed up in, in Earth space and they just kind of pointed their shit down and just decided to boil everything. Like, Earth Earth loses. But that's that goes into like a whole that that, that that's what creates Southern Cross. Uh, Southern Cross mainly takes place in the uh southern latitudes, which is why the Southern Cross is important. You don't have the North Star, you have the Southern Cross, uh, which is what you use for navigation down there. The northern latitudes were more highly built up and those more targeted by the Zentradi. 
uh, like the places like uh, the Amazon uh, rainforest, they they recovered much faster because they were they were lusher, they were more alive. The the greenery was able to spread. Places that were arid became dust bowls. I mean the 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 planet is is fucked as as far <laughs> forward as far forward as Invid invasion when Scott Bernard comes back from the Robotech Expeditionary Force. There's still rusting hulks of down Zentradi cruisers driven like spears into into the ground and old rusting mecha everywhere. Bookmarking a term here, the Robotech Expeditionary Force. Simply note to self, acronyms. But let's get to that in a minute. Southern Cross. So that would be the second series, right? Or season yeah. two of Robotech. Mm-hmm. How much time passes between the end of the first and the beginning of the second one when we first meet Dana? Okay, so at the end of the first episode, I, excuse me, at the end of the first series where they're taking over the uh, the protoculture factory, the the small moon that creates battle that creates battle pods for the Zentradi. Yeah. At the, at the very end of the cartoon, they're holding up Baby Dana. Baby Dana is about one. Okay. At the beginning of Southern Cross, Baby Dana is about eighteen. Okay. All right. And yeah. I really hope baby Dana is 18 because there's a shower scene early on and I just don't want to think about well, that. It's not real. Okay. So Japan is always, at least back in the 80s, I don't really know, if, maybe even 90s, I know that there was a lot more nudity in Japanese cartoons and then it was just it's not a thing. It wasn't a thing because I know that there was a lot of nudity in like Ranma, yeah. but it was never like sexualized nudity, Gunbuster, and all of these are like 1980s animes that I'm very fond of. Uh, I've never really looked into it, but I think that yeah, American, soft music and yeah. saxophone. I think they were doing it not in the innocent way in this one. But. So yeah, Harmony Gold probably. So we're going to like, say she's eighteen. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I mean they gave her command of a fucking squadron. She better be at least yes. eighteen, and she fucked it up. Grr. Well, Sorry, a little I, bit. I have opinions about Southern Cross. You know, you're not alone there. We all do. And even from a purely technical standpoint, you take this beautiful, iconic F-14 Tomcat-looking, transformable, (sighs) beautiful thing. I'll be in my bunk. All right. (laughs) And then you decide, you know what we should do with this? You know what the next logical step is? Let's make a helicopter with a big, bulbous nose. (laughs) You have this beautiful, sleek, ultimate fighting thing with big, heavy shoulders and a big gun. And then you make a helicopter. And a hover tank. And this is this is where you start noticing that they are, in fact, different properties that are just been tacked on to each other. They tossed a couple characters or their uh, siblings or children on to continue the storyline. But all of these could stand pretty separate and pretty much do until it comes all the way back around in Invid Invasion with the expeditionary force returning. So we're saying then... If I understand you correctly, that season two or the second era here, Southern Cross era, the technology is markedly different. Yes. Things aren't geared on flying quite as much. It's it's ground assault. The the fiercest thing isn't the Veritech jet fighter. It's the hover tank. Now I love tanks. The hover tank is pretty damn cool. I'm not gonna say it's not cool. But you're you're dealing you're not dealing with the same military. You're dealing with General Leonard Morin's military. This isn't this isn't a coalition that is fighting off an invader. This is a coalition that's kind of turned in on itself and is not uh. expecting not not expecting the Robotech masters to come calling. See what happened at the end 
of of the Macross series is the SDF one got just destroyed by Chiron. What a dick that guy was, too. Yeah, he was, he was a real piece of like, shit. It is you know, the guy you love to hate. The SDF two was literally parked back to back with it in the new Macross city. And it got fucked up with it. So what they did is they took all the pieces and they made the SDF-3, which they sailed off to go make peace with the Robotech Masters. Now, that was the Robotech Expeditionary Force. Mm -hmm. That's where Scott Bernard is from, uh, the main character in Invent Invasion um, and Series 3 of the cartoons. Okay, so now we're moving into the third era. Yeah. Rick and Lisa, Dana, like all the characters from this point forward... Go into space with one exception, and that's uh, Jonathan Wolf, who returns early. I don't remember that name. Was he that's new? That's because you never got through all the cartoons, and that's okay. Okay. <laughs> but he wasn't in the first series. No. Okay. No. New character. He, he's, he's tangential to it. He, he served during the time he was a contemporary of Edwards and Roy Foker. Okay. They, in fact, Edwards, one of the, the grand villains... Uh, later in the series was uh, a direct competitor with Roy Foker in the global civil war just before the SDF one crashed Uh, another flying ace, but you know, an evil flying ace. He's the red Baron. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Stepping back a little bit. So era one Macross. Yes. Humans versus Centrati. Yes. Figuring out the enemy. Yes. Psychological warfare via music. Yes. They fuck our planet up, but they also join us, and it's kind of weird. All right. Very much, yes. Some of them do, some of them don't. Season two, era number two, we've got Southern Cross. It sounds like the way you described it, it's largely human versus human. At the beginning, yes. And what you're dealing with is the Robotech Masters. Now, the Robotech Masters were the ones who created the Zentradi. They they are, Mm -hmm. the Zentradi is your basic warrior slave race. They controlled them through means of uh, genetic manipulation by cloning them and uh, not letting them interbreed freely, which they can do, uh, separating the sexes so that, you know, they, they could keep a hold of them, basically. And they're villains in the... Are they, are they basically villains? Everyone hates them, up to and including the Invid. <laughs> Everyone fucking hates the Robotech Masters. They are they are garbage, parasitic... Think of Think of, like... The worst Roman emperors with magic. Biggest dickus kind of <laughs> yeah. Roman emperors. <laughs> yeah, just just yeah. real <laughs> r- real shitbags. <laughs> uh, where was I? <laughs> okay, yeah. So back on the I'm I'm going I'm looking for some themes here. So the first one sounds like man versus alien. The second one sounds like it starts off as man versus man, but then moves into man versus alien. Well, it's it's not just that because the Zentradi were giant. These are man size. What they're fighting next are the bioroids, uh, which are just clones of various types of Tyrolians, which are the planet that the Robotech Masters and uh, the Zentradi com- came from. Zentradi used to be miners. So it's man versus man and man versus alien at the same time. Yes. You're also having the return of Zor, who is the person who created the protoculture matrix, who harnessed the power of the flower of life to make protoculture, which is the thing that can do all these incredible things with machinery and, and, uh, and mines. It's basically psionics and super jet fuel. Now, protoculture flower. Now I remember protoculture being a word that was frequently used in the first era. What does it 
this flower was the, the flower seems like a new thing okay. for the secondary. I gotcha. Class. I gotcha. Check this out. The flower matters. So the invid, which are a, uh, a formerly peaceful kind of snaily sluggy thing, you know, critters, they lived on the planet and they ate this flower and it was fairly idyllic and they're a hive creature and there was a, a king and a queen, uh, uh, a regent and, uh, and a hive queen. And then Zor came and he's like, wow, this is great. Oh, look, the queen is changing. Oh, look, the queen kind of looks like me. Oh, hey, we should pull a Shatner and boink that queen. <laughs> and if, if we, uh, if, 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 if we do, if, if we use our, our alien, our alien cock really, really well, perhaps she'll tell me how these flowers can be used to change things and being in love and in a beehive hairdo. The queen absolutely does. She gives up the secret of the flower of life, which is transformation. Wait, beehive hairdo? Really? Uh, I'm, I'm actually putting that in oh, myself. Okay, because yeah. I'm like, that's wonderful. The fish was this big. <laughs> uh, so uh, he gives, he, uh, she gives the secrets of the flowers of life to him. It should be noted at this time, her husband, the regent, is pissed. That will come in later significantly. Oh, 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 oh. So she was married. Oh, yeah. Ooh, scandal. So Zor gets the secret. And basically what the secret is, is that this flower can, it, it, it can change things in its natural form. But if you put it in a matrix and the matrix basically stops it just a moment before the thing blooms. If you stress it at that point, it gives off an energy. That energy can be bottled in little soda cans and that's called protoculture. And if you stick that, and at 14 times it'll cat. transform yeah. <laughs> yeah you can do a lot of interesting things with protoculture you can it, it's it's the spice melange and also jet fuel anyway so that that's what happens now the regent is pissed goes to his genetic pits makes all kinds of nightmares to fuck up zor zor being the you know the great hero that he is turns tail and fucking runs so he's he goes, yeah he, he fucking scrams <laughs> He goes back to the planet of the Robotech masters and says, Hey, look at this cool thing I found. Right. And the masters go, Oh, that's great. We're going to use this to make our, um, our, our laboring class big so that they can dig out uh, more ore out of these moons that we control. That makes the Zentradi. Gotcha. Uh, now we're going to use that. Oh shit. That little, those little flower eaters, those fucking Lotus eaters are back. Well, we're going to create our own things to smash those back. Cause they're pissed. Why are they pissed? Sore? Oh, okay. They're, they're pissed because you did the nasty with their queen. Okay, okay. So the Zentradi and the Robotech Masters go to war with the Invid. This sickens Zor because apparently he is not uh, a William Shatner. He's he's just a man of science now. And he runs. He decides that this ultimate weapon, the SDF-1, should never be used for this thing that he caused and is all his fault. So he runs. They shoot at him. He crashes on Earth. And that's the beginning of Macross. That's the SDF-1. Now, there is one protoculture matrix, and that's in the SDF-1. That is, it's, it's a singular creation. You can get protoculture in other ways, but you can't make this huge transformable thing like the SDF-1 without that. You can make static ships like the Zentradi have, but this is the only one that the Robotech masters know of, the only matrix they can use. So the Robotech masters send the Zentradi to Earth. That's Macross, 
right? Yeah. The Zentradi get the shit kicked out of them. So the masters come to earth themselves. That's Southern Cross. Okay. They get beaten back just barely by humans. Then the Invids show up because they saw that the flower of life has now sprouted on earth because, well, the Matrix was there and it was busted open in the final battle of the Southern Cross. So uh, I believe their planet was called Optera. The, the masters took all the flower off of it. All the flowers oh, off of it. So okay. the Invid, who are really just Rightfully wronged pissed. in all this, yeah. yeah, lay siege to Earth, destroy everyone, enslave everyone, make them work in their farms because vengeance. And that is the Invid invasion. So the season three or the third era sounds like it's a very heavily man versus alien. Yeah. But during this era, you have uh, the Freedom Fighters who come down. Uh, Scott Bernard is the last surviving member of the Robotech Expeditionary, the, the Mars division of the Robotech Expeditionary Force. They were like the scouts. They went in first and it just him made it. So he's fighting his solo battle all along and picking up friends and putting together a scatter team. In the middle of it, yeah. the the actual Robotech expeditionary force comes back and blows the uh, the shit out of the, the biggest hive there. And the queen says, no, not today. I've had enough of you goddamn bipeds. And she gathers up all her children with her protoculture mind glow and fucks off into the fifth dimension. With the uh, buckaroo bonsai, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, so yeah, she, she transforms into energy and just kind of leaves okay so that's the end of the third era that's the end of the third era gotcha okay now during during this time after the sdf1 and the sdf2 were destroyed at the end of macross they built the sdf3 and took most of the robe the rdf uh the robotech defense force which is the, the macross people and went into space to try and find the robotech masters and say hey 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 peace you can take what you want you we're bringing you back the engine Everybody calm down. You can have this. Okay, so far we've got three major acronyms. SDF, which means? Superdimensional Fortress. That's the big ship. RDF, which means? Robotech Defense Force. And REF, which means? Robotech Expeditionary Force. Gotcha. Back to you. Okay. (laughs) So the REF is leaving the planet and going to find the Robotech Masters. Unbeknownst to them, the Masters are going to find their Zentradi. They literally... Pass each other in space, going in opposite directions, which is how you get the Sentinels, which are the adventures of the Robotech Expeditionary Force. This is them dealing with the regent, uh, the 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 husband of the the Invid Queen, and the worlds he's conquered to show his love for her, to lay at his at her feet out in space. It's a real Greek tragedy happening out there. Enslaved species, all different types of aliens, all kinds of fun sci-fi shit it's it's actually one of the the funner stories and it has some of the biggest vistas of imagination in robotech Mm. like uh sentient worlds people uh communicating because they're silicon based so they communicate through the silicon pathways the the rocks of their world there's there's a lot of interesting things that don't that aren't really touched on in in general robotech bigger concepts stranger thoughts there's also the Praxis Warrior Women, which is, uh, what's the Me Like Snoo Snoo? It's, it's basically that. <laughs> Death by Snoo Snoo! <laughs> yeah. Then there's the uh, the Shadow Chronicles, which is when the REF finally kicks the shit out of the Regent and turns around and goes back to the thrice-destroyed Earth. So, you've already mentioned the REF 
in era three. How timeline wise do era four and five that we've mentioned line up with era three? At the end of Macross, I think Rick is either 19 or 20. And uh, when the Shadow Chronicles, when he finally reaches Earth again, he's almost 50. Okay. So, so there's a lot of time spent out there. Where does that line up with the Invid invasion of Era 3? It's, it's directly at the end of it. Gotcha. So he's like, he, so the, okay. Sentinels and Masters are taking place at the same time. Sentinels and Southern Cross. Gotcha. So then uh, Shadow Chronicles is taking place at the same time as the Invid Invasion? Afterwards. Gotcha. All right. So it, okay. Interesting. Because basically the, the main, what happened is you had these three, these three properties all with different characters and they wanted to continue the story of the characters that everyone knew and loved. Yeah. But they also had spent a lot of money buying these. Yeah. So they, they kind of stitched them all together. And I will say in the cartoons, it's confusing, but there are books written by two men who decided to call themselves Jack McKinley, just to keep it easy. And they wrote... 15, maybe 16 Robotech books. There's a lot of them. Yeah, it's the the 12 are the original three cartoons. Then they did, no, wait. Then they did five Sentinels books, The End of the Circle, The Zentradi Uprising, and one more. So there's almost 20 of the damn things. But they're all really good. Yeah, they're all really good, though. Yeah, they're really small, too. They're like, if you remember the size of the old Choose Your Own Adventure books, they're about that size. They're small paperbacks. Yeah, I'd say they're about the size of uh, like the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're they're about that long. You you can blow through them in a night if you if yep. you can read. Well, you can blow through one in a night, maybe two, even you know. But I I can't say enough good things about those books. Uh, late teen Matthew really enjoyed them, <laughs> and it it made understanding what was going on in the cartoons a lot better because we only had Macross. Like I didn't discover Southern Cross and. Uh, Invid Invasion till much later when the the DVDs were released that that big bookend yeah. DVD yeah thing because no one ever bought that no one wanted it it was garbage but it had a really nice collective spine art yeah, yeah. it did it looked really and, good on a shelf yeah I still have it <laughs> in fact I have two I think yeah yeah so that's that's the overview of the eras are you confused by anything. No, I, I think I got it now that, okay. yeah, it's kind of a roundabout way of getting here, but it works. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have a timeline. I'm like, okay, so this, oh, wait, I forgot to tell you about Zor. <laughs> wait. So Zor does this, right? He, he, he crashes on he, uh, the he, SDF one. Does he not die? He then? dies. He does. Oh, okay. But here's the point of masters. They clone him. <laughs> Fucking what? <laughs> and they send him to earth. He is Zor prime. And because he's, I don't know, so alien good at everything, he is immediately put in Dana's squadron to see what he'll do. Oh, so he's in the second one. Yeah. Uh, so you're, you're, you, what you're having is this awakening of the greatest mind to ever grace our galaxy. Who's also a horrible lech. Who is also a horrible lech. Yeah. Overseen and guided by a petulant teenager with power issues. She's <laughs> or awful. Dana Sterling. She's yeah. Awful. Yeah. <sighs> like I I like in the cartoons they they put her foil uh, Nova Satori 
the the kind of cop one. Yeah. I have so much sympathy with her. I would have busted that brat right back down. Southern Cross is so bad. It's poorly assembled. Like it yeah. just moves in odd directions and nothing really makes any sense at all. And it's, I couldn't do it. After the epic awesomeness that was the Macross saga. I don't know how much time you have to read NPC, but the books are so much better. They're, they're good. And I don't know, I, I don't know if I can ever get you to read them because you saw the cartoon first. Well, I watched like three episodes of the cartoon and then it Yeah, stopped. it might have just poisoned the yeah. well. And I'll, honestly, I won't blame you if you never do. <laughs> but I, I will tell you that the books are really, really good. And they, they get into some of the deeper mysteries of Robotech. I'll give them a and shot. I actually have them. Yeah, yeah, and you should. It doesn't take much time. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. And, oh, wow, I've really rambled on on this one. Okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. No problem. I think this was very educational. I think that people who are interested in Robotech could find this very useful. I find yeah. it useful. Now I have a frame of reference of at least where things are sort of falling into place. Yeah, Scott was asking about the yeah. Flower of Life on Discord not too long ago. Yeah. So. Scott being one of our players. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, if you have any questions or if I fuck something up, I think I fucked up a couple names. Uh, Zentradi Moon was called Phantomus, I think. It was Optera for the Invid. Terrell? Terrell? <laughs> Terrell? Yeah, whatever. Uh, anyway. Yeah, so that's that's Matthew's dimly remembered overview of Robotech. I hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And I really do hope that you enjoyed it as well, listener. Please let us know. Join us on Discord. Drop in. Say hi. And let's talk nerd shit. That should be on a t-shirt for us. Let's talk nerd shit. <laughs> Glitter boys, we talk nerd shit. <laughs> Check out our Redbubble site soon. That might happen. <laughs> <laughs> We've had this shop, but we forgot to connect it to we, anything, damn it. <laughs> we keep forgetting to promote it. You know, I, I think I mentioned it once in there, and I've got some sweet fucking shirts and swag. Like, I've got some laptop skins. that They're beautiful. They're, that logo is just... Perfect. Ah, uh, the Lisa Frank logo. Yep. Yeah. Yep. He did a good yeah. job. It, it, it's it's pretty. Yeah. Who was the artist on that? His name was Sean Aldridge. Do we know him or did we just hire he him? He was a friend of a friend. Found him on okay. Facebook, contacted him. Apparently he's a comic artist. Uh, he's got a very impressive portfolio. Excellent. Huh. Okay. Anyway, catch you next time, folks. You've been listening to The Glitter Boys, a Palladium Books fan podcast. Glitter Boys, Rifts, The Megaverse, and all other such topics are the property of Kevin Sambita and Palladium Books. Please buy all their stuff and help keep them in print and making more games. You can order directly at palladiumbooks.com, and their entire catalog is available digitally at DriveThruRPG as well. Our opening music is 8-Bit Bass and Lead by Furby Guy from freesound.org. This closing music is Caravana by Philip Gross, available at freemusicarchive.org. All sound effects used are self-made or acquired via Creative Commons Zero License. If you like what you have heard, find us on Twitter and Facebook as The Glitter Boys. That's B-O-I-S. And check us out online at breakfastpuppies.com slash glitterboys. And also join us on the Breakfast Puppies Network Discord at breakfastpuppies.com slash discord. And if you want to help us out, please spread the word and help us build a community. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time.